Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Now, the thing about mercy is this. When you think about mercy, what is the first memory you have of mercy? I'll go ahead and tell you my first memory. My first memory of mercy was elementary school, okay? You ever played that game where like you, uh, you interlock fingers with somebody and then you try to bend their hand over? You know what I'm talking about? And the only thing that caused this battle to stop was the person whose hand was about to snap. Well, they would say this, mercy. Okay, so I realize that's my only or my first recollection of the word mercy. But mercy is actually a biblical principle. And we see in Jesus' teaching. By the way, I love your pastors. I don't say this because I have to. I say this because this is in Joanne and I's heart. We love Pastor JJ and Liz and the team that lead this great church. We have loved them and believed in them, as you heard, since, since they were uh, high school students. And we're not even slightly surprised to see God's favor over them and their home and those two giant killers you're raising, your boys. So we love you. Thanks for being on our team at CMN, getting to propel the gospel around the nation. We honor you. We honor you. JJ is one of my favorite preachers. And I, I, you're like, ah, oh, you're preaching today. I know. I feel the same way, okay? But I got to do it. So, But here's the thing. As great as he is, you know who's better? Jesus. And Jesus says this. He, he teaches us to pray. And this is the Sermon on the Mount, okay? And it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, all the way culminating in chapter 7, verse 29, okay? And, and one of the things he teaches us is how to pray. And he says this, God, let your will be, come, your will be done, your kingdom come, on earth, here, as it is in heaven. What he's saying is this. People should get a glimpse of their here. They should get a glimpse of what is going to be and what could be by seeing you in action. So on Mother's Day, I wonder if we would all maybe say, some of us discovered what mercy looked like from our mom. And my wife is a very merciful person. My mom, who, my, my mom and dad, they live in Washington. They modeled mercy. But really, it comes out of the, the scriptures. Let's talk definitions for a second. Because if you, if you jump into the, the, to the, uh, the, the Beatitudes, and there's eight principles. And these are like, if you live these out, this is what's going to happen in your life. These are like reap what you sow type principles. And one of them is this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Receive mercy. They'll be shown mercy. So what, what, is, what is mercy? Well, let's define grace and then mercy. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. We just don't deserve it. You look at your life, you look at the story, the, uh, uh, every chapter, you put a period, you turn the page, like, man, it's full of God's grace. But it's also full of his mercy. And mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. We earn something, but instead of him correcting and directing in a way that seems like it's going to hurt us, he extends mercy. So Jesus says this, blessed are the merciful for they shall be, what, shown mercy. They'll get a, a front row seat to mercy. Well, if you fast forward in the scriptures, about 13 chapters, Peter, who was one of Jesus' starting lineup, like one of his team, right? He asked this question, and here's the question he asked. 
And this seems like a really good question. He says, um, how many times should I forgive someone if they sin against me? And you ever had those conversations where before the person can answer, you answer? This is that, okay? So Peter's like, okay, Jesus, how many times should I forgive someone when they sin against me? Seven? <laughs> and he's almost like in this moment expecting Jesus to go, wow, Peter, that is a great question. Come here, disciples, come here. Get in here. Did you hear what Peter just said? Peter, you, I want you guys to be more like Peter. That's what Peter's expecting. But you know what Jesus says? He, his initial response, two letters, one word, no. <laughs> he, he doesn't say seven times. By the way, if someone does you wrong three times, that seems like a lot. So Peter's like, I'm going to go three, double it, add one, bonus points. Gold star, Jesus button, right? Jesus says this, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, I know it's early, and I did the math for you. That's 490 times. Now, here's what Jesus is not saying. At 488, you have a clipboard, you're like, you have two more. He's not saying that. What he's saying is you shouldn't keep any records. You tear down the scoreboard. You unplug so there's no power to it. You're not keeping records. You, there's an unlimited supply because that's what God does for us. He offers us what we can't even offer ourselves, mercy. So Jesus, he wants people to, to have application. He wants the teaching and the truth to be sticky. So he starts to tell a story. In fact, he teaches them parables quite a, quite a bit. It's like the kingdom of heaven is alike. And it's an earthly story connected to a heavenly theme or meaning. And he, he says this. So there was a king, a wealthy king, who had, had given out money to a bunch of people. He's not mad. He's glad to. But then it's time for the money to be paid back. So the, the bill is due, and that's where we pick it up in Matthew chapter 18, verse 24. It says, in the process, one of his debtors, a guy he loaned money to, was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. <laughs> that feels like a lot, okay? He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, but not just him, along with his wife and the kids and everything that he owned. And here's what this would do. This would set in motion, he would be in perpetual servitude. He would become a slave to this master, never being able to be free. So he would set in motion for generation being bound. But the man fell down before the master. Why? Because when you have that kind of debt, you're desperate. When you owe that kind of a bill, you don't know what to do. You can't solve it yourself. The, the, the man fell down before his master and he begged him, please be patient with me. I will pay it. He's not saying, I don't want to pay it. But I don't have it right now. Can we extend the payments 18 months? Can I get 24 months to do this? I want to pay it back. And here's what the, the king does, the master does in this moment. The master who was filled with what? Mercy for him. He did two things. He released him so he's no longer bound. And he forgives his debt. <laughs> what? Here's what the master does. The master did for him what he couldn't do for himself. He gave him mercy. So let me ask the question, how do you feel when you have blown it? So I was doing, back in the day, did school assemblies. Okay, so I'm doing a school assembly down in Washington, outside of Seattle. Uh, I'm done with it, and I'm driving up the hill to I-5. I'm like high in the moment, and you're like, you're high? I, I don't mean that. I'm, I don't mean that. I'm saying like, God used me to, you know, minister to a generation, right? So I'm coming up the hill. I get onto Interstate 5, and I'm driving towards Seattle, not even speeder. I'm not a speeder. If you're a speeder, 
You know who you are. Okay, so I'm not even speeding, right? And I see these lights on behind me, and I'm like, oh. So I slide over because I respect, you know, police officers. And, um, and uh, he slides over. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to slide over. So again, there's four lanes. I'm sliding over again. And then he slides over. And I'm like, there's a pattern here. It's not a good pattern, okay? And I slide over one more because I'm like, he's probably going to take the exit. Well, he didn't. He pulls in behind me. Woo! I'm like, ah. And immediately when I saw the lights, I did what you do. I tapped my brake and I checked my speedometer, okay? I wasn't even speeding. I'm like, what is going on? So he walks up to my window. And I'm like beating him to the punch. I said, hey, respectfully, officer, what was it that you pulled me over for? And he said, your tabs are expired. And immediately I'm like, come on, Joanne. You know, like you have a couple jobs. I'm just playing. I'm playing. It's Mother's Day. She knows it's a joke. Okay. I'm just kidding. It's not her job anymore. Okay. Um, I do it now. No, nah, it's never her job. Okay. So I'm like, ah. Oh! And I, I said, like, how long have, have uh, my tags been expired? And he, he said, uh, almost six months. And I'm like, I, for those, the math's slow, that's a half a year, okay? Like, that's a long time. So I reach into my glove box, I get the expired tags out, and, uh, you know, the form, I give it to him. And I reach from what I thought was my wallet, but it's my phone in my pocket. So now my tags are expired, and I have a no license. So he goes back to his car, and you can just hear the, this in his footsteps, the disappointment in me, right? <laughs> he gets back to his car, and he's there too long. I'm just telling you. He's calling him back up. I'm listening for helicopters. Pastors on cops. I mean, like, it's going to be a brand new episode, right? <laughs> and he comes back, and he gives me the expired tags. He said two things. Get your tags filled as quickly as possible, and try to remember your license next time. Have a good day. And I'm thinking what half of you are thinking, it's because you're white. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that actually. So thank you for that racial profiling. Kind of hurts a little bit. Uh, here's what I thought. I wasn't like, ah, I got away with it. Here's what I was like. I can't believe he extended mercy. Because he did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Why? I was guilty. Six months guilty. That's a long time. And he, he extended mercy. You know, we've all experienced mercy. And we're all actually eligible for it right now. And you know, it's not because you're good. It's because God is. That's, that's why Jesus came. You're like, why did Jesus come to earth? Oh, it's because we're so bad. It's, you're not even the main character of the story. Jesus came to earth because he's good, not because we're bad. And here's what happens as the story unfolds. Really, we should wrestle with this question. How do you feel when you've received mercy? Because when you've received it, now you're like, how can I share this? Who can I give it to? Back to the story, verse 28. So this guy, remember, he'd been, he'd been forgiven an ocean full of obligation. He finds a guy who owes him a little bit. We pick it up there. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars and he grabs him by the throat and he demands instant payment little jerk right we're reading that. that's what we think we're reading it and his fellow servant i wonder if this sounded like a a, a rewind because his fellow servant is saying to him now what he had just said to his master his fellow servant fell down before him and he 
he begged him for what? A little bit more time. Be patient with me, he says. I'll, I'll repay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. In fact, he had the man arrested, put in prison, until his debt could be paid in full. Now, listen, when you, when you, when you read that, you're like, how dare you? You had all of this mercy and all this grace extended to you, and it was like truckloads, and now you got a guy with a little backpack full of it, and you can't extend mercy? You know, I was thinking about what does it look like for us to live in love? And and the Bible paints a really cool picture. Like, if you were to put on love, this is what it might look like. This is what the outfit of love looks like. It's patient. It's kind. It's not what? Jealous or boastful. It's not proud or really like, check, check, check. Okay, it doesn't demand its own way. Uh-oh. How many of y'all, sometimes like you want to use a yellow highlighter, the Bible's so good, or let that promise jump off the page. Yeah. Click it on my, my, my phone app. But sometimes you want to use a black highlighter, like I don't want to do that one. Yeah, on, this is one of them right here, right? It's not arrogant, it's not proud, it's not rude, it doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable, you're like, now he's meddling, okay? The Bible's like meddling in him. It keeps no record of wrongs. Goes on to say this, doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, always trusts, protects, hopes, and perseveres. Maybe another way of saying it is this, that giving and receiving mercy is a prerequisite for experiencing love. So if you're thinking about your life and you say, there's some love that's lacking, are you giving and receiving mercy? When we, when we extend mercy, some things get set in motion. But, but let me go back to this, because the, the word gets back to the, to the king, the master of this guy. And, and we see verse 32, then the king called the man in who he'd forgiven, and he says, you evil servant. He said, I forgave you this tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had... He, he asked the question we already know the answer to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And now the king's not merciful anymore. He's angry. And the angry king sent the man to, to prison to be tortured until his entire debt could be paid. You ever, you ever, have you ever watched uh, like a cop show and, and like the detectives are interviewing someone who's guilty and the guilty person doesn't know the detectives know that they're guilty, right? And so the detectives are like saving it for like, like, like that last moment. And like, one more question, Mr. Johnson. And it's like, it's like to catch him, this is Jesus, okay? Jesus like, uh, P.S., there's one more thing. This is what my heavenly father will do to you if you for, refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Pastor JJ, I like this story a lot better when it was about someone else. But you know what? This is a story about us. This is a story about me and a story about you. What's our response to this? Here's what we're supposed to be. When Jesus offers us mercy, you know what we become? We become containers of it. And he gives it to us not because we're good, but because he's good. He meets us in our brokenness. He meets us in our mess with mercy. Because I'm going to pour it in. You didn't earn it. This is what makes love love. You can't earn it, right? So I'm just going to pour it in. And we just become carriers of it. We're containers. It's sloshing around, right? We're like, woo! I didn't deserve it, but I got it. But it's not supposed to stop there. What God does to you, he wants to do through you. 
He wants us to be containers and carriers, but also conduits of love. So like, this is not supposed to stop with me. I pour it out. And you start to ask the question, who in my life am I supposed to share mercy with? Because I got it. I'm a carrier of it. I'm a container of it. But it gets stagnant if it stays with me. I'm going to pour it out. It's going to change every relationship. It's going to change Mother's Day brunch. Because who needs, who needs mercy more than the people closest to you? By the way, if they don't need mercy, you do. Right? But there's this invitation, God says, I want you to be a carrier. But I also want you to be a conduit. I want you to share with others what you've experienced in me. Now, I get this. Some of us, we hear this. In a room this big, those watching online, some of us would say, I'm in this little category right over here called I'm not there yet. And it's not that I even, it's not that I don't want to. I just don't know if it's possible. Because if you knew what they did, if you knew the brokenness, if you knew the pattern, if you knew the story, like if we sat down over coffee, you'd be mad too. And so let's just do this. For anyone who's like, I'm just not there yet category, pause that. Don't, maybe the best next step is not trying to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just be like Jesus. Maybe your best next step is to pivot and let mercy just marinate over you. And you think about the goodness of God. You think about his kindness that leads to repentance. You, th- you think about how he met you in your brokenness. And that the last chapter is not the last, it's just the most recent chapter. And he puts a period and he turns the page because he pours out mercy. And when you and I think about that, it's amazing how when I come back over here to the I'm not yet there category, I start to bring a different spirit to it. And I go, you know what, that is messed up and that's not cool, but so is my story. And I'm going to interact with you. I'm going to meet you with what God met me with, mercy. That's good news. And it's for everybody. That's why I love the mission and the vision of Journey Church, that Jesus would be accessible to all. You know what that looks like? Being a carrier, a conduit of mercy. Now, there's this beautiful thing that sets in motion when you and I extend mercy. But let me, let me just clarify one thing. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. There are people who have forfeited the right to be a part of your life. But because of unforgiveness, your life is still hijacked by them in that scenario. Listen, you need to say, I extend grace and mercy just like God gave it to me. I choose forgiveness. I'm exacting revenge. Never. I'm choosing grace always. So forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. You cannot trust someone but have forgiven them. And that's maybe where some of you are at. You're like, I can't get it. Oh, I can get out now because I can forgive him. I just don't need to have access to my heart, my life, or my calendar. But here's what happens. Some things get set in motion when we live and operate in mercy. And here's the first one. This is beautiful. Peace with God. Oh, listen, the Bible says he gives peace the world doesn't understand. It's confusing. You're like, why did God restore that? Because God's good. So when we, when we are operating and extending mercy, what gets set in motion? Peace with God, peace with others, and peace with ourselves. And these are all three mission critical. And it's what God offers to us through mercy. I put this in my notes because I think some of us might need this today. Often our biggest issues with others stem from our unresolved issues with God. 
When you and I say, God, I'm going to get in alignment with you. I'm going to operate in your way. Your, the, the word of God, the, the Bible, I'm going to operate your way. All of a sudden now, we have engagement with others that's different than we used to. So when we extend mercy, it sets in motion peace. So if you're seated here or you're watching this, you're saying, I have a deficit of peace, embrace mercy. Both for you and for others. Here's the second thing that happens. You and I, when we extend mercy, it sets in motion this. You're a lot more fun to be around. Listen, let's be honest. If you're a Christian, but when you walk in the room, people are like, hey, <laughs> that's bad. That's not, that's not journey. First of all, if you have the swag, don't wear it to work. Do, it, do yard work in it. I'm playing a little bit, but not totally. Because here's the thing. What you've experienced is what everyone else needs. It's the grace and the mercy of God. What's powerful about not being perfect or having everything figured out is when you say, listen, I'm in, I'm, I'm under, I'm in process, I'm under construction, but the mercy of God has transformed the way I think and act. And if, listen, my bad if I don't always show Jesus' love, but I'm telling you, I'm in process. That's the message of the gospel. That is the message of the gospel. It makes you easy and more fun to be around. Listen, when we walk into a room, you know what we should be? Rather than a, a, a thermometer that reflects temperature, we should be a thermostat that sets it. It's at the dinner table. It's, at your, it's with your coworkers and your classmates. Extending mercy sets that in motion. And here's the last thing. And this is, there's joy in this. You and I begin to reflect the character of God. We look more like Jesus. I don't mean long hair and olive skin. Some of y'all are blessed with that. I'm talking about your attitude, your actions, how you carry yourself, what it looks like to, to, to be a, a, in relationship with you. I, I want to introduce you to one of our dogs. And this is, this is Boog. I think we got a picture here. This, isn't he cute? He is a pug and Norwegian elk hound mix. How that happened, we don't know, okay? Because there's a lot of size difference there. Okay, but he's born, okay? And he is a lover. Joanne was his favorite person, not even close. Now he's dead. Now, all dogs don't go to heaven. He's there, but not in the front row. He's a little naughty sometimes, okay? So he's a back, he's back row. By the way, there are two kinds of people, Journey. Two kinds of people. There are good people, and there are cat people. Okay, that's a, a whole nother message. Okay, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Like, that's the last time he speaks here, right? <laughs> but we're dog people, right? So Boog is literally bred to pursue. He's a pursuer. He would, they would, the, the Norwegian Elkhound would chase the prey down with their master until the prey was fatigued, and then the master would get the prey. So he was bred to run and race, and he was fast. So we, he would sit on this little stool in our living room, and we had an Apple TV thing, like a little box, right? And we'd be listening to music, classics, and like the good stuff, like Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin for the super spiritual worship, right? And so we're listening to music, right? And after a few songs play, these images, professional photography starts to scroll on the screen. And it's beautiful. It's mountains, meadows, beaches, these amazing vistas. But there's also these predators, polar bear, there's, a, there's a, a, um, a pride of a lion and there's a cheetah or a leopard. I don't know which one it is, but for sure he would be a Scooby snack if they got him, right? But he's sleeping peaceful in his chair and he sees out of the corner of his eye one of these, one of these predators and he 
flies off the stool. By the way, just him moving, fur fell off him, hair everywhere, okay? So he's a mess, right? But he flies off and he's trying to attack the TV to protect mom. Now he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, so we'd put him outside. He thought they're behind the TV, whatever, okay? But the first time he did that, like from a dead sleep, he sees this polar bear, flies off the stool. Look, that's hilarious. Drake, get in here. He's just going crazy, okay? The first time was funny. The fourth time, that's so cute. The 40th time, like they're not there. It's an it's a image. I was trying to explain it to him, and he's looking at me like, I understand. But I think he was saying, do you want to feed me? Like, I think that's the miscommunication. Do you know why he, every time, every time, every time he saw these animals, he went crazy? Because it's in him. It's his DNA. It's, it's, it's part of his wiring. So let's talk about God. Every time God interacts with you, he meets us with mercy. Now we're like, well, what about, I mean, okay, I know me, but what about every time? You say, I, I forfeited God's favor. I'm ineligible for the grace and the goodness of God. No, you're not. You're not that great. The story's not about you. He's the main character and he meets us with mercy. There's hope. There's reconciliation. He bridges the gap, that, that's the span between us and him with his son, Jesus. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How does he interact with you today? Mercy. How will he interact with you two months from now? Mercy. He is full of mercy for us. And it's not because we're good. It's not even because we're bad. It's because he's so good. Listen, Journey, that's the message of the gospel. For God so loved the world. And that's us. So there's two questions, just as I, I bring this portion to a close. And this question actually is the most important question you'll, you'll ever answer. It's not who you marry, where you live, what you do for a living, your family, any of that. It's have you received God's mercy? Because it's offered to everyone. Everyone is eligible because he initiated, not us. And the Bible says that, actually he says, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. What does that mean? It means every day is a chance for us to respond to the love of God extended to us through Jesus Christ. And maybe today is that day for you. Say, so I don't, I don't, I, 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 if you knew my story, every time he responds with grace and mercy. So today is one of those times. You know, as Joanna and I minister in different places, we often have have people say, I want to accept Christ, I don't know how. So here's what the Bible says. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to purify us from all unrighteousness, all the brokenness, all the mess. Jesus reaches into our mess with mercy and he restores, he cleans up, and if that's the decision you want to make today to follow Jesus, I'm just going to ask across this room, those online, you can just create some space for grace. If you're here and you say, listen, I don't know Jesus, but I want to accept him. If you just bow your head across this room, we just want to allow the Holy Spirit who's, who's drawing us to new life in Christ, hope and healing. If you're here and you say, listen, I, I don't know Jesus, but today I want to 
begin to follow him. I wanna become a follower of Jesus. If that's your desire, would you lift your hand up? I wanna lead us in a prayer. Thank you. Listen, there's power in recognizing our need for a savior and then looking to the only one who can rescue us. We often say it this way, Jesus isn't our last hope, he's our only hope. If you wanna surrender your life to Christ today, you can pray something like this. And by the way, there's no magic in the words. It's, it's recognizing our need for a savior, acknowledging that and inviting him to do the work that only he can do. So you can pray something like this, Jesus, in this moment, I recognize my need for you. I can't rescue myself. I, I can't fix myself. And my sin separates from me from you. But you paid the price. And you offer grace. And you offer mercy. And today, I accept it. And I declare over my life, Jesus, you are now Lord. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And the Bible says, when one person makes that decision to say yes to Jesus, all of heaven rejoices. In Journey, we, we stand with and we celebrate every individual, every couple, every family that are making that decision to follow Jesus. Last question. Is there someone you're needing to extend mercy to? Maybe a, a personalized question is, who will I show mercy to? Because remember, we're not just containers. Yeah, we're carriers, but we're also conduits. And God strategically places us in, in different places with the same purpose, to bring the message of, of the gospel, the goodness of God to a broken, interested, but unconvinced world. And that's the joy we have in Christ. I wanna pray a blessing over you. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that is saying, I wanna be a, a, not just a carrier, I wanna be a conduit. I wanna bring the mercy and the grace of God into conversations, into relationships and circumstances in every season. I pray God over Journey Church, everyone in this gathering and those watching online, that the grace of God and the mercy of God that rescues us and transforms us, God, it would be at work through them. What you do to them, would you do through them? And I pray this in the name above every name, Jesus' name, amen. Journey, God bless you, and we love you. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.